Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jake in the Paint podcast. I'm here with Coach Glenn Ferrello from Paul the Six High School in Fairfax, Virginia, for the second episode of our Coach's Corner podcast. I want to welcome you, Coach. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Who was the first one? Coach Bruce Kelly from Bruce Bulls. Bruce Kelly, yes, yes. I don't mind being second to him. <laughs> so anyways, for, the, for those of you guys who don't know, Coach Ferrello is very accomplished in the high school basketball world. This is his 21st season as a head coach. I got that right, correct? Yeah. 12th at Paul the Sixth, and he's been a WCAC champion, WCAC Coach of the Year, all the accolades, nationally recognized basketball team, and I'm very pleased to welcome him as a guest on the podcast. I appreciate you having me. And so anyways, we're going to... I don't know if you guys were able to catch the first episode, but basically the goal of these Coach's Corner podcasts is to kind of give the listeners, you guys, a deeper look into what it's like, the ins and outs of running and being a part of a high-level high school basketball program. A lot of you you guys don't know, but what I like to tell people is Paul the Six and all these teams, they don't really, they don't play high school basketball. It's the bridge between high school and college basketball, and I'm sure you can back that up and all the years you've been coaching here. It's the best basketball in the country. I'm really, you know, proud and, and honored to be part of the WCAC uh, for all these years, and it, it is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no question, I, and I think the high caliber level of, of play is is tremendous. And um, you know, the 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 the, the 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 commitment that the kids have, the, the programs the coaches have in our league is, is second to none. So first off, I just wanted to get some general questions about you as a coach. Just your philosophy. The main question I ask everyone, because this is kind of like how you get a broad sense of your philosophy as a coach, what do you see as your main responsibility as a head basketball coach? Well, at the high school level, your job is to develop and, mm-hmm. and, and help the kids. Uh, you know, as I, as I talk to all my players, is uh, what, are their, what are their goals and dreams? And mm-hmm. our job is to, to kind of help them achieve their goals and dreams and, and give them structure and the discipline that it takes and, and all the different characteristics that it takes to be a high, highly successful, not just on the court, but off the court. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's all encompassing, right? Uh, and, then, and then there's a, another level to it that, uh, at, at our level is those that want to play college basketball to give them an opportunity course, to get a yeah. free uh, education at the college level and you know that, that uh, helps families so much and changes generations so we we love to see all our kids that have the ability and opportunity to uh to get to the next level and and take advantage of that mm-hmm. and so what's your relationship with the players like on a day-to-day basis i mean obviously some of them look to you as kind of a father figure you sometimes how do you balance when you're holding them super accountable but we were just talking and asking about his schoolwork making sure he's keeping all his classes in check but then also kind of letting them be themselves and figure themselves out yeah actually that's a great really great point uh, as far as allowing them to be themselves mm-hmm. uh you know we don't want our kids to be robots uh, they all have different personalities and they all have different paths so you have to kind of treat them that way with that kind of respect uh, for that uh so as far as relationships go i think it's obviously my players might have a, a different idea of, of, <laughs> of uh, what that relationship is or should be uh, on a daily basis but uh, to be very consistent you know, mm-hmm. um, be here to support them yeah. and, uh, again, remind them of what, uh, they had to do to be successful. Uh, so holding them accountable and, re- and responsible on a daily basis. Uh, but of course also not to be there to support them too, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being a student athlete at the high school level and especially our, I think specifically our sport, because it's the longest one during a season uh, yeah, or during the school so. year too, is, uh, for them to give them the support and, and, uh, and, uh, allow them to kind of develop and mm-hmm. understand that you're there for them, mm-hmm. but also while you're doing it, uh, you're there to kind of be the one to hold them responsible. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, the long season. I mean, I play for my school too. Obviously, it's not the same grind, but it's still three, three and a half to four month season. When I was talking to Coach Kelly about this too, he said like, that's the hardest part. It's a grind. How, 
what do you do to keep them mentally locked in? Yeah, I think it's it's the challenge of of every single day. I heard Lou Holtz uh, years ago uh, use the acronym W I N. You mm-hmm. know, when uh, remembering what's important now, and if you mm-hmm. can kind of remind them every single day of what they need to be able to do to be consistent. Again, being successful in this world is is finding um, a way to be consistent every single day, uh, to be able to handle the grind, to to embrace the grind. You know, mm-hmm. you really have to embrace uh, the difficulties that the challenges of what our sport provides, no matter what level, right? Mm-hmm. And that love uh, and that passion that you have has got to be there on a daily basis for you to to be able to kind of achieve what you're looking for so um you know it's it is a long season but i mean if you don't love it you don't have to do it exactly it's it's, it's for those that love not like and Mm -hmm. i think that's an important uh especially at this level too especially at this level yes. and you did mention lou holtz obviously legendary football coach there any basketball coaches that you over the years have kind of modeled your coaching style after and really look up to yeah, I think one of the things that I, I'm asked that a lot as far as uh, advice or stylistically, you know, who do you look at? And I think everyone's got to find their personality mm-hmm. and their very unique personality that uh, that kind of translates. So you can't really kind of um, kind of coach anyone through that as far as how they should be. Um, I, but I would say that uh, um, someone like uh, Jay Wright, mm-hmm. um, I think, is, is, is fantastic at, at what he does, but also who he is. And, um, and obviously we see that. We all see that now on a national stage all the time um, for the 20 years that I've known him, he's still the same guy. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. so it's fun to see that. I, I see someone like someone like uh, coach Huggins at West Virginia. So completely different personality, mm-hmm. but still the, the same type of loyalty that he has to people, the way he treats people uh, and the way he gets the most out of his kids. Uh, so I've always appreciated that too, because we like to press, mm-hmm. you know, so much and, yeah. and that mentality that, 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 that he carries. So there's a lot of different people I can probably mention. Mm-hmm. Um, but those two kind of come to mind uh, uh, quickly for me, just because of uh, how stylistically they, they like to play, which kind of fits kind of, and, and it's funny too, because you talk about two very different ones. Mm-hmm, and, and so that's why I'm saying like, for me, I used to always tell our players, like uh, my dream would be uh, the you know 32 minutes at the high school level, but uh, the 40 minutes of hell, minutes of hell yeah, of from uh, no <laughs> But on the other side, on the offensive side, I want to be crazy enough to do the uh, seven seconds or less that D'Antoni did with the Suns, mm-hmm. and to kind of put those together at the high school level. And that's yeah. why you see us play so fast. Is we want to do both. Uh, I think it's a more. I mean, it's more I would, fun. Sport, I was yeah. sitting on the sideline with my dad for 10 minutes, and he was just like, "Wow!" Like they're up and down the court, and he is, hasn't seen you guys like. It's different in a game because you're slowing it down. You're going through your sets. You have a game plan. But like when you guys are just getting up and down the gym, like it's quick. It's fast. There's pitch ahead passes, and I think that's like the main thing when I see it. Like pitch ahead is so effective in your guys' practices. It's a fun brand of basketball, and that's mm-hmm. what we want to play. I mean, honestly, you coach it as long as I have, you get bored sometimes. On the side <laughs> line, so, uh, but I want you know, I think the kids embrace it. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's it's really hard to play at that pace. Yeah. Uh, but if we can do that. Um, I think it's it's just a fun brand to watch and and to play in, especially if you're um, you're if you have aspirations to get to the next level, because we'll never be able to translate. You're, you're talking about eighteen to twenty three year olds at the next level, uh, but we want to be able to kind of get them ready for that. And then the more um, the faster pace that we can play, it 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 cuts down on that transition for them when they get to the college level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And I forgot to mention you mentioned Jay Wright. Huge shout out to Brandon Slater over at Villanova right now. Getting yep. ready to suit up for his freshman year, one of all-time Paul the Six great players. Yeah, we love Brandon. We're excited for him uh, and, and 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 all the guys that are about to start. You know, mm-hmm. they've come through the program. But yeah, Brandon uh, has obviously meant a lot to our program. I know he, you know, you have a great relationship yeah. with him because that's just who he is. That's I mean, everyone is, loves yeah. that guy. And I always like to remind him now he's a freshman all over again. <laughs> and there's only one good thing about freshmen: they become sophomores. That's the only good thing about him. And, uh, but he's learning. And he's having a great time, and, and he's in a great situation. Cool for him. I hope all is well, and we'll get to him later, of sure. course. Um, just another general question. 
what has been the most fulfilling and not most accomplished? And I say this like fulfilling as what was the moment for you as a coach where you really looked in the mirror and was like, this is why I do this every day. Oh man. Uh, it goes all the way back to when I was at Eleanor Roosevelt uh-huh. and uh, the first couple guys that were able to get college scholarships yeah. um, for to see that kind of change their lives and, and give them an opportunity. Um, I think that's, that would be the first thing that I recognize as a young coach, as far as that enjoyment. Um, and it's always kind of been something that uh, has been important to me that, you know, Tuesdays and Fridays, yeah, we want to win. Mm-hmm. But there's a bigger picture out there. Of course, and yeah. so I get more excited probably for when kids get an opportunity to get either their first scholarship offer mm-hmm. or when they make a decision on what school they're going to. Um, we have signing day. I think it's an emotional time because it's, you know, it's a culmination of all that hard work they put in to earn that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also it's just the beginning too. Yeah. So I think those moments are huge and, and that's never left me mm-hmm. um, through all the different, you know, um, opportunities that we've had to be successful. Mm-hmm. I think that is is what carries me as far as why I want to do what we do. Um, and then on the court, as far as our success, I think, uh, you know, winning in 2012 mm-hmm. with uh, the undefeated team that went 21 and on the league, uh, that team was a lot of fun because uh, that was the first time that Paul Six really kind of came on the national course, scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the success that that team had. And we had 10 games in that season that uh, were decided in the last uh, 30 seconds of the game. And wow. we were 10 no in those games. Yeah, uh-huh. and so that was a lot of fun to watch that kind of come all, come all together, mm-hmm. uh, and we can keep talking about other, you know, like uh-huh. you know, uh, beating Oak Hill, snapping their fifty-six game winning streak in twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. the following year with a bunch of young guys. Yeah, uh, that was that was a moment for all of us um, to to really uh, get to that next level, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then the same year beating Mount Verde in the uh, Bass Pro Tournament of Champions, you know, Thumbs game, up, yeah, yeah. The, the, in a, in a overtime game. Uh, to where we came back from down 12 with five minutes left. And so to beat two number one teams in the country with a starting lineup that had one senior, you know, two so- three sophomores mm-hmm. uh, and a freshman at times, that was that was a lot of fun to, to, to be part of. Yeah, and I'm assuming most people that listen to this know, but for those of you who don't, Oak Hill and Montverde are often regarded as two of the two, probably the two top high school basketball powerhouses in the country. So extremely big deal to beat one of them and then two of them in the same season can like you said alter the course of your program yeah i think it, it gave it gave a lot of confidence to our kids of as far as that they can play against anybody and we're we're a team that you know all these years that i've been coaching is uh, we'll play anytime anybody anytime anywhere uh-huh. and i love asking people hey you have any idea what my career record because they always look at our schedule and say wow you play such a national schedule you play such a tough schedule uh-huh. let alone the wcac and I always ask me, do you have any idea what my career record is? And of course, nobody does. You know, I don't think my own mother does. So, no, no one cares because no one cares, yeah, right? Of course. So I said, let's give the kids the hardest schedule possible. Uh-huh. Let's have them have fun. And and some days, you know, some teams, you know, you're, when you're some seasons when you're playing against ranked teams and you may not have as much success and you don't pad your record, it who cares? It is, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. We want to challenge our guys and, and give them that. So that was a year that that was a, you know, there's no expectations that we'd be able to compete with those guys, and mm-hmm. and we were able to. And so we've always kind of carried on that mentality. Mm-hmm. And you did mention your days at Eleanor Roosevelt before. For those who don't know, Eleanor Roosevelt is a D.C. public school, historic, historically good basketball program. P.G. County. P.G. County. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Maryland. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, I get yep. them. Get yeah, them. exactly. Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt, yeah. Theodore Roosevelt in, the, in the district and Eleanor Roosevelt So Eleanor in Roosevelt, Greenbelt. public school in P.G. County yeah. compared to Paul VI, private school in Virginia. Right. What are the differences in your daily life as the coach at those two schools? Wow, yeah. Uh, difference between public and private. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? The kids aren't different. Uh, they're, they're driven. They want to be successful. Um, I think uh, now that we've been here, obviously the, the, the day in, day out 
grind of being in the WCAC where all the teams are excellent. Um, these are uh, athletes that are recruited to, to go to the highest level that uh, are in a Catholic school setting. So mm -hmm. the expectations uh, in the classroom and the way you conduct yourself on a daily basis, it's really for those that are serious minded, mm -hmm. um, high character, high integrity. So there's no question about that. Uh, but as far as the players themselves, I mean, they're, they're all hungry. Um, yeah. And that's that translates. Uh, so I think that's, you know, there's a bigger, just a bigger spotlight. Mm, course, um, yeah. You know, my, my Roosevelt days, I, I love those players and, and uh, love to see the success that they've had um, over there, you know, as, as, as they become, you know, um, adults and become fathers and, 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 uh, it's really fun to watch that and they, they help build our program. Um, mm -hmm. so they have a lot of pride. In fact, one of my former guys was here today. Really? Uh, yeah. Who helped me start the program over at Roosevelt as a, as a, a young junior and senior. And so it's always fun to see the Roosevelt guys, um, uh, come back and see the progression of our program now. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the differences, yeah, there, there's, there are some certainly, and, but I also think there's a generational difference. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. to be able to compare the two, uh, it takes on a different, you know, form mm -hmm. there, but, uh, it's, it's really a lot of, um, a lot of players that are committed to playing the game the right way mm -hmm. and the, a toughness about them. And that, that translates no matter if it's a public or private school situation. Um, you, you want those players to succeed and, and you want to, you want to, um, challenge them on a daily basis mm -hmm. and uh so I, i'd say the 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 similarity in in the the my roosevelt days to, to now is that passion and that love for the game mm -hmm. yeah i mean you did bring up the generational difference there was a time i can't imagine i was a little too young but high school basketball without social media it's kind of crazy yeah. to think about nowadays yeah you know a lot, a lot of times we're, we, we talk so negatively about social media and the negative impacts of social media i think what we have to focus on is how do we turn it into a positive okay. how can we use it for uh for the betterment uh for example last night i was able to on a, on a text chain with all my players send a little clip of, of kobe bryant uh, mm -hmm. a, a video or an interview of him uh you can't do that years ago mm -hmm. you know so there's a lot of things that we can use and not always have to talk about oh man social media is such a bad thing well how about we turn it into a positive thing about how much more polished i think our our young 14 to 18 year olds are in handling you know all the notoriety mm -hmm. you know how, how to handle lot. all yeah how to handle it all and it's good for them to learn that yeah. right uh, so that's not you know there are a lot of uh, pitfalls and there's a lot of drawbacks to it there's no question but there's a lot of positives in which the world has seen social media been uh can use it so like anything in the world you can use it for good or evil you know and, and i think if we can teach our kids that and then let's, let's do that. So there are a lot of differences. Social mm -hmm. media does lead to it because there's a lot of players and a lot of families that think players have arrived early because, yeah. Yeah. you know, they've had some notoriety. Uh, there's been talk of them. They can see that, you know, they can Google themselves and see all these types of things about them. Whereas before they didn't have that. So they, maybe a chip on the shoulder was mm -hmm. always there. Now it's harder to see that for kids. And that's, again, it's our role, I think, as coaches to kind of keep them humble and, and hungry. And yeah. moving in the right direction that way. I mean, I that's a really interesting point about social media, though. I'm gonna be honest, I've never heard a coach say like, it's kind of it's kind of like it's here, so we may as well make the most of it. You have to embrace it. I talk about the embracing of how difficult our sport is, mm -hmm. the embracing of the difficulties you're going to go through, uh, the failures you're going to have uh, at our at our you know our level. We talk about the spotlight, you know, mm -hmm. and you can you have a choice every single day. It's either going to shine on you, or it's going to burn you, mm -hmm. and so you have to embrace it and let's embrace all the good and all the bad that we have to deal with in this world. And I think we'll be better off if, if we don't try to just criticize and, and complain about it. It's, it's here. You're mm -hmm. right. I mean, and kind of the consensus is one of the biggest positive about social media, especially guys on your team are having websites tweet at them. They're posting their offers. Like they're really 
what it means to be a high level high school basketball player on social media. They're getting all the attention from all these different angles. Like, and the consensus is, Oh, they're a lot more. And you hear it in the NBA, like the, you, everyone says these pros are a lot more prone to handle all the spotlight. Is it visible from, cause you've seen high school kids before the social media and while it's going on right now, is there a visible difference in the way they kind of handle themselves and handle all these things getting thrown at them? There's no question that they have a lot. And it, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have it mm-hmm. in front of them. We wouldn't be doing this. They wouldn't have, people would not have access to them. They, they wouldn't be, uh, but we're not in that perfect world like we said earlier. So let's make sure that they try to learn as much as they can and how to handle. So the more comfortable they get now, the more uh, ready they will be when they get to the coll- collegiate level and those that get a chance to play at the professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you've also seen through the, the uh, uh, social media um, burst is, is for everyone that goes through it, they had to learn how to be poised and polished and professional and how they handle themselves and conduct themselves. And let's make sure we just keep teaching that those values of, of why uh, we're all here and, and take it again, take advantage of having a voice mm-hmm. and you have a voice now let's, let's use it. So again, let's not get caught up. Uh, let's stay hungry and humble. Let's not feel as if we've arrived and be appreciative of what you have and the gifts that you have instead of, you know, trying to be like, Hey, let's let me take all the glory mm-hmm. um, and enjoy all the spotlight and all the good things. That's, that's not the right way to approach it. Mm, so obviously coaching nowadays, that's also one, like that's something you always need to keep your eye on players on social media and all that stuff. But What's the hardest experience that you've gone through as a basketball coach so far? Ooh, over all these years, the hardest experience? Um, wow. Okay, let me think about that. You can give a couple. We might not need to. I know exactly. To I was say, well, just, we're talking 21 years. Um, you know, I think, the, I think that one of the toughest things that we have as coaches right now is making sure that, that the players um, don't have unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. of where yeah. they are. And when you're, when you're fighting that with, whether it be the, for the player or if it's the family and the disappointment that may come for, you know, because again, there's going to be ups and downs mm-hmm. and there's going to be some failures and there's going to be some tough times and challenges. So I think seeing that struggle or that, that uh, um, them kind of, uh, not embrace it. We talked about it the other day, like or earlier, just the not embracing the difficulties and then being frustrated with that. Course, I think yeah. you know you, you never want to see kids um, and families get too frustrated with this whole process, mm-hmm. uh, and whether it be the collegiate process or whether it be just be in the improvement, the development. And I think that we sometimes too fast track and, and want so much and so much success early. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest frustration uh, that I would have as a coach is not realizing some setbacks are okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to build some character and, and give you opportunities to kind of like look yourself in the mirror and decide what you want on a daily basis and change mm-hmm. habits and, um, and have to deal in that reality of life because we're all going to face failures as we get older. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for basketball provides an opportunity for you to have to kind of really, really, re, really evaluate who you are and what you want to be and how you fight through the adversity um, you know, again, there's basketball vers- adversity and there's real life mm-hmm. adversity. So I always try to make sure that the players understand that. Yeah, but for families to understand, it's a process mm-hmm. uh, of getting better. And we hear the word all the time now, yeah. but it's cliched, <laughs> but it's true. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm very blessed right now to have a wonderful group of, of players that are very well grounded uh, because of their families. And they don't they don't act in a, in a way that is outside what you expect for those that want to be high achievers and 
and understand that there there is a fundamental process that you need to get better. It's not just going to be all handed to you, and life doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I think that's that's I think the biggest challenge that we all face as coaches now, and to be allowed to coach and hold kids accountable without. Um, families or players getting frustrated or wanting, mm-hmm. you know, they want all the good stuff. Do you really want to be challenged? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's our job as, as coaches. Sometimes um, that can be an issue. So, you know, here at PVI, we really want to make sure the parents are very comfortable with who we are, mm-hmm. what we're all about, and we're straight shooters and we want that reality. So someone like an Anthony Harris, you know, a Brandon Slater, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a Jeremy Roach, you, you, they come from such great families and parents that understand that it's so important for their kids to be well-grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's fun to, to coach him. Trevor Keels as a sophomore, so All polished. Kids, yeah. yeah, and the foundations that's been laid uh, is so fun to have. So I, I'm really excited about the group that we have this year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I talk about it's because we have such wonderful families. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that. I, I, I very really, really mm-hmm. believe that because it helps when things don't go well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's going to happen. Yeah. And so I think over the, over the time that I've been coaching, I think that frustration that um, – uh, that some people have about whether the progress is what they expect or the disappointment of you know wanting more attention, mm-hmm. more shots, more all that kind of, of course, stuff. Of course, yeah. It's it's something that kind of eats up coaches because we want everyone to be successful. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it's like you know, uh, you know uh, as as parents, no one has. You know, I mean, this is my favorite kid, and this is more more important than other. They're <laughs> all our kids to us as coaches, and we want to see everyone happy. Mm-hmm. But we also understand that there's going to be challenges. So, you just mentioned guys like Roach, Jeremy Roach, Trevor Keels, Anthony Harris, and your team is full of guys like that. How do you, and you said it's your job, you try to keep everyone happy and make sure, obviously, you don't have any favorite players, but how do you see your role in kind of letting those guys play as themselves because they're really talented players, but also stay within the system of the team and so they can keep everyone happy? Yeah, wow. Uh, I think you have the right right mindset. Mm -hmm. Clear, clear. Clear goals, clear message that we're all together. Yeah. We're all, you know, part of something bigger than ourselves. You have to be comfortable with that. You're not going to be an individual star here. You're going to be part of something. You want to want to be a part of something instead of just, you know, hey, I want all the attention. If you're mm-hmm. an attention guy, this isn't the place. Uh, I always tell, you know, guys, if you want to be an individual star, take up tennis, take up golf. <laughs> you can, you know, have it all you want. Uh, but not here, and it doesn't work uh, as far as that goes. And these kids embrace that and accept that. And because they are good kids, they, they're willing to, you know, make plus ones and mm-hmm. find each other and be playmakers. I don't want just scores. Uh, and you mentioned earlier, I don't have favorites. I do have favorites. The favorites are the ones that play the defense the best. Uh, <laughs> and there's, and then they all know Aaron Thompson, you know, Aaron's out there at Butler university, mm-hmm. one of my all time favorite kids, no question, just because of who he was as a per- player and a person, but the best defensive player I've probably ever had. So mm-hmm. automatically he's going to be one mom, of my, my mom. So my mom and I have been coming out for the past three years and we were here when Aaron was a senior and then the next two years. And we always have a running joke that the guys know if they're doing anything wrong, if Aaron was here, he wouldn't tolerate this. And right. that's like immediate you, you go to. And that's interesting. Like defense is you guys, you have players that can get any shot they want, anytime prolific scores, shoot it from the outside. But, and you really just answer my question. Like what's the main thing you look for in a player? Defense? So we kind of joke about this all the time in our program uh, is the number one thing you got to do in order to play de- in order to play for me is play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll ask you, do you have any idea what the second thing, most important thing would be to me? Um, is it a general trait or is it just like one thing? General trait. Unselfish? That's a, I mean, that's a great point. 
Um, but the second most important thing in order to play for me is play defense. Any idea what the third most important thing might be? I'm going to go defense. There you go. <laughs> and I always tell my players, if you do those three, three things, then I'll give you some freedom offensively. Uh-huh. And, and I think that's something that you can kind of joke it away, but I think that's really important. So if mm-hmm. you're going to play defense, I'm going to give you some freedom offensively and allow you to be the player. You know, I'm not going to make you a robot. Um, the ones that struggle in our program are the ones that are limited offensively and think they're better than what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, from from as far as that offensive skill set, but those um, like the Anthony Harris's, mm-hmm. like the Aaron Thompsons, like the Brandon Slaters, they're ones that are going to defend and mm-hmm. play that hard and play with that activity. I'll give them room to grow mm-hmm. offensively and allow them to make plays. And so I think that's just a, again more fun brand of basketball. But I think it holds the players accountable on one end, and then allows them and gives them you know some freedom at the other to to be who they are. And then with that freedom comes a lot of responsibility of that we take the right shots for each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. It's not often that a team playing at high levels that their best player all around is also their best player defensively. So you it's proof that you're not just telling me this, like all the game all the years I've been watching the PVI games, like their but your best player is also your lockdown defender, which is really a sign of the culture. Yeah, and, I, and the word culture is great um uh for you to say that and use that word because I think they all buy into each other. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you have your best players buy in that way and understand that that's a responsibility that they have to their teammates, uh, then again, you getting players to play for each other, no matter what sport it is, um, and not you know, it's yes, as coaches we want to establish uh, a certain culture and a way we want to go about things, and we have ideas in our heads. There's every coach in America is like that. Mm-hmm. We all know as coaches we we are reliant on our best players to decide who they want to be, mm-hmm. are they going to be coachable, and do they gonna, are they going to care about their teammates? Are they going to look outward, or are they going to be inward? Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of players that look outward. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a process. It's not something to come in right away and are just right, right from the bat. Some are more advanced with that mentality of being outward, but um, I think uh, that this current group and the groups that we've had over the, the last few years and the success that we've had is we've had a lot of players like that. I mean, and the phrase you've kind of repeated is they buy in, and that's what – we talk about all the time, my parents and I, when we come to the games, like it's, it's clear, like it's playing for something bigger. What, what do you think the main thing is that makes kids that are coming into your program super accomplished? Like we said, they can look themselves up, look, look themselves on the, up on the internet. And some of them have college offers before they even step foot at Paul the six. How do you get those guys to buy in to something bigger? So a lot of his teaching, you know, mm-hmm. I am relentless in, in my pursuit for them to understand and, mm-hmm. and, and see the bigger picture. Um, and fortunately, I am working, like I said earlier, with re- uh, players and parents that do understand that mm-hmm. before they even get here, because I think we're very clear in, in our message of who we want and what and what we expect and what is successful. Because as soon as we start talking, to, uh, we, we're, we're talking about college. Of course. And, and if you look at any of the great college programs, the best and most successful I mean, you have that, have that culture. Mm-hmm. And so let's just go ahead and say, okay, well, if your goals and dreams are to get to the next level, well, then that's how you're going to get there and what's it take. And so we're going to do it at the high school level. Um, the biggest compliment that we get a lot of times is from college coaches to say, uh, your players are already understand how to play with other great players. Mm-hmm. So if you're a great player and we'd love to have you at PVI um, and you're very talented, uh, your understanding that you're going to play at the next level with other great players is really important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we're, we're going to drill that into you as far as that expectation, because, you know, the Villanova's of the world, um, the Virginia techs of the world where Anthony is going, George Mason, where, where Josh is going next year. Uh, we already talked about, you know, the Butler way. We all, mm-hmm. we all know what the Butler way really means, you yeah. know, and buying into each other, buying into a, a culture and, and teammates. Um, Syracuse, where where uh, where Frank is, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's it's so important that uh, the kids understand when you want to get to the next level, you got you're going to play with other great players. So learn how to play with other great players now, 
instead of just trying to do so much on your own. And, and again, that whole star quality thing, uh, it's, we don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just want to talk about this year's team compared to last year's team, not mm-hmm. necessarily comparing and contrasting, but last year, Paul VI was extremely successful, finished the regular season 18-0, and I was actually, thank you for letting me, cause you, I came out here for the last game against Carroll, and that was kind of, there was a lot going on that game with Ant had the really scary injury, which oh, yeah. as a teammate, I mean, thank God he's all good now, but that was scary at the time. Slater was out the injury, and getting to witness them in the locker room at halftime, it was kind of a lot of things going on, but somehow they were able to channel it and still play a really great brand of basketball. And like, I walked out of that gym more impressed than I've ever been with the team before. I've seen them beat Dematha, Gonzaga, all of them. But like, at that moment, I was like, that's really just that signifies next man up. Like, not just okay, he's cold. I'm gonna bring you off the bench and you can hit that three pointer. Like, what happens when our two leaders go down? Who's gonna step up? And so, you guys were really successful during the regular season, and unfortunately weren't able to get the job done and we talked about the season being a grind how do you keep your guys so focused for on a mentally day-to-day basis when you know they're going to look forward to getting back to bend arena in february oh yeah absolutely i mean it's, it, you know, again we these guys really do understand the value of, of um having a chip on their shoulder and trying to prove something every single day and uh, that's a great example that night the, as you're as you're talking about that night uh on senior night um uh, the last game of the year when we were banged up mm-hmm. and uh, had some guys out with injury. Uh, I think Slate and Roach were already out. Yeah. And uh, Ant goes down, and it was a very scary fall. And uh, I, I think the, as you're as you're describing it, all I can say to you uh, as, as I'm thinking about that is it's a family. These guys really, truly are a family. There's a brotherhood that they have. And so they wanted to win that game for Ant. Of course, yeah. You know, and obviously they want to win it for the seniors on senior night. And I think that just is, is something about – this group um, and the group that we've had over the last few years. I love telling a story a couple years ago um, of um, Evan Taylor. Uh, Evan was a senior for us, and he was the only senior on the team in 2014. That was the team that won uh, WCAC. Uh, they won state, and they won Alhambra. Mm-hmm. And in those three um, uh, three games, I think, or three uh, the nine and zero that we went through to, mm-hmm. to win it all and, and win three different championships, I think the average margin of victory was 15. Mm-hmm. So we kind of were able to steamroll through the, the playoffs. And it all started with a, a senior night loss at home against DeMatha by two, mm-hmm. and we didn't play well. And I was disappointed after the game. And, and Evan was um, obviously thank, he thanked his team and said, "Hey, thank you, and, you know, for for trying." And and uh, I actually stopped everyone and I said, "Evan, no, <laughs> they didn't. Mm-hmm. We really didn't play for you tonight." Yeah. And so when we got a chance to play DeMatha again in the championship, um, the kids called it senior night two. Mm-hmm. And here we have one lone senior. It's the biggest night for all these kids uh, as far as the season goes. A championship on the line. And yet they made it about the one guy you know, that was a senior. And they felt like they failed him the first time. So they wanted to make, up to, make it up to him. So here's a bunch of selfless guys mm-hmm. wanting to do that for a senior. And let alone could have had their own thoughts and their own, like, you know, the, their own you know, championship uh, dreams mm-hmm. in their minds. And I think that kind of signifies, I think, who, are, who our kids are. Of course. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, a couple of examples. But, but family is where it all starts. Mm-hmm. And then and as far as an everyday getting the guys, you know, this is the second time we've gone 18-0 and in, the, in the conference mm-hmm. um, for, for our guys. And I think it really is an impressive feat 
and, and I, you know, look, someone like Jeremy Roach is two, two seasons in, he's 33 and three in his, uh, in the WCAC play in his two, two years in a regular season. And I think there's a value to winning a regular season championship, mm-hmm. winning those games because it's a long season. It's, it's night in, night out. Every, yeah. Not and a, in our league, of course, yeah. It's, it's insane. So that I think that that accomplishment is huge. Mm-hmm. Yes, we all play for the end of the year. March Madness is so much fun, you know, college wise. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what we do uh, at the high school level, it's so much fun and the drama and, and the championship. We want those so bad, but we also know there's a lot of things that can happen in a three-day stretch. Course, yeah. uh, but for, for us to have that regular season success, I think it really speaks volumes of these kids' commitment to each other mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And so on that senior night, we mentioned Roach was out, Ant was out, and even though Slater was out, he rallied that entire locker room, and I've never seen someone be that animated about it. And you could tell that it killed him, that he couldn't play. But it was kind of – and I was just amazed by it. It's like – he knew what his role was on the team, regardless if he was on the court or not. And he, they rallied around Ant and they rallied around Slater at halftime. And just losing a guy like that, and we talked about the next man up, but what does that mean for this year's team? And how, how much soul-searching do you think they're going to have to do in order to replace someone like that? Yeah, every year you have to replace you know, uh-huh. something, right? Yeah. You have to replace the value that uh, the, the seniors that left and what they provided. And, and so there is a challenge because Slater brought so much enthusiasm to the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas Aaron, the year before, we had to replace Aaron's toughness and demands and accountability that he held all his teammates. Mm-hmm. So there's always something that you lose, whether it be uh, production, right, rebounding, you know, scoring, mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be, or leadership. So I think this group is what's a, what's a lot of fun to see is we have a lot of juniors and seniors now. Over mm-hmm. the last couple of years, we've been so reliant on freshmen and sophomores to be led by you know some some older guys now the majority of the team are now juniors and seniors mm-hmm. so they've kind of grown into those roles so the expectation levels is, is as high as it's ever been um i think they understand so much more there's a maturity that mm-hmm. we have uh more so that we've you know that than you would have when you're younger so uh in a sense of urgency so mm-hmm. i think that's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to watch them kind of figure out how to fill those voids and any team has to so you see an anthony harris now the expectations you're going to be a senior what are you going to do how are you going to step Mm -hmm. up your game jeremy roach you're now a junior you're an upperclassman how are you going to kind of come into your own even more Mm -hmm. uh, and develop even more uh uh, josiah freeman who has been unbelievable here in the the fall Mm -hmm. and his mentality now he's an upperclassman so we can go one by one and talk about all the different guys but the um you know it's it's fun to it's fun to see the juniors and seniors kind of understand their responsibility Mm -hmm. and fill those voids and we'll find out, you know, my favorite holiday is coming up on uh, <laughs> November 8th, first day of uh, first day of practice. And then we'll start that journey with this team. Mm-hmm. Every year is different. It's fun to see. And it's always fun to see who's going to come out of, you know, the shadows to kind of rise up. And then the, the high expectations that you have with some players, are they going to be willing to accept them, accept mm-hmm. that challenge? Because um, I think sometimes that's the most difficult thing to be the best at what you do or one of the best and have those high expectations. Can you produce and deliver mm-hmm. on a nightly basis to kind of lead your team? And then, yeah, I completely agree with all that. And we talked about kind of, you said every year you have to replace something. And then I remember when I was first here, it was kind of Aaron was then making sure Brandon had it in good hands when he went off to go. And then Brandon did the same thing last year. And then kind of the torch being passed off. And it's kind of that you still feel Aaron's like culture and what he brought to the table every day still lingering around here. How essential is that? 
to the identity of the team. Wow. I mean, I think it's wow, very astute observation by you because we actually talked about it. So we went from that, all that success for, uh, that's just, and we built up in, you know, 11, we had a bunch of young guys into 12. We had an amazing year, mm-hmm. uh, 13, we have that young group, but they still, you know, beat national powers and they, they kind of did that 2014 led into another championship season, uh, 15 and 16, you know, we went 40 and 29 in that, in that, and that was the bridge years into us kind of going what we've done last couple of years. Um, and Aaron was really instrumental because for those two years, as good as we were and as talented as we were, we didn't accomplish as much as we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And and it's hard. It's obviously it's a very hard thing to do. So that culture, that identity that we had, Aaron really revived it as mm-hmm. a senior leader because he demanded so much of the younger guys. Yeah. Um, and that was a, that's what maybe made that, fun, that his senior year so fun. Twenty nine mm-hmm. and eight, and really Aaron forced younger guys to grow up quicker than because he he said, "Hey, I'm here." I need you now. Mm-hmm. Here's what my yeah. expectations are. And he led led the way. And so he didn't necessarily have that ability when he was younger to to impact. Mm-hmm. And then he learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I give so much so much credit to Aaron because he demanded us to go back to our, you know, fundament, fundamentals and our principles of who we want to be. And then Slater and Miles Latimer and Jimmy yeah. Robinson and last Miles, year. Yeah. yeah, as seniors saw that and felt that and said, we're going to do that. And now it's, you know, Jeremy and Ant, as far as their ability, Joshua Duro came into our program last year as a junior transfer. And you would think he's been with us all four years, the way he approaches mm-hmm. every single day. So they want, they want to be that. And they, and they, they want to be, um, at a high level and, and have that kind of identity of we're, we're going to, we're going to compete every single day. Uh, we always talk about, we don't compete against each other. We compete with each other. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of depth, a lot of guys fighting for playing time and, 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 and for prominent roles. And but I love about it is they support each other in that. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about the wins, the losses and all, obviously the people like to push off and, and you see this in all levels, NBA, college, Oh, it's the regular season. Like it doesn't matter until March, but in this league, it's night in, night out. There's no easy game. Even when you're at home against the team, in the it could be bottom of the league, they're still going to give you a run. And what are your goals for this year's team? My, obviously, the ultimate goal is to win the championship and kind of finish the job last year. But not not involving wins and losses. What would you say? Like, what would I'm trying to figure out a phrase this, yeah. but nothing to do with wins and losses. If this team could produce something for you, what would make it fulfilling? Um, so what we try to talk about every single year is do we max out our potential, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and every year you're not, you're not going to be like that in November 8th, you know, November 30th, our first game of the year. So it's the journey of, do we, are we able to improve every single month? You know, um, can we get to a place to when we're peaking at the end of the year that we are, um, who we want to be? Um, there's been, we've had championship teams that have not walked away with rings yeah. and, and a championship mentality, which I'm very proud of. And we just didn't get there. You know, we might've been beaten by another great team, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that happens. So, but there's been championship level mindsets and teams that, that haven't been able to, uh, the team two years ago, I thought they had it. They, mm-hmm. they hundred percent did. Yeah. And then we came up a little bit short in the WCACs, uh, against Chris Lexi and, and, and they were, and Gonzaga and they were fantastic yeah, and they, they deserved were, they that. Were really good yeah. But it was certainly wasn't because my, my guys didn't, uh, uh, didn't get to a, a certain level. So I think there's a pride level that we're all trying to get to uh, strive for if we can just max out on who we can be as a team mm-hmm. together and uh, and figure out our identity as we go along. So I think that's uh, that's where the satisfaction, um, mm-hmm. that's, where it's, that's where it's fulfilling is when you see a team uh, give, into the, give into each other and play for each other and get to a high level of production 
uh, and then you let the chips fall where they may at the end. Exactly, yeah. I couldn't figure out a phrase question, but that's definitely the answer I was looking yeah. for. Oh, good, and good. talking about a guy like Chris Likes, and I forgot to ask you this question up top, but just before we go, I, I've asked this to every WCAC coach I've seen this fall. Who's the toughest player you've ever had to coach against or game plan for? Okay. There's a couple guys that come to mind right away. Victor Oladipo, when he was uh-huh. at the math, that was just a one-man wrecking crew, which, again, by the way, his team was one of the best I've seen um, uh, for all the years that I've been in, in the DMV. But Victor himself was just going to make an impact mm-hmm. somehow, some way. And everyone sees him at the NBA level now and his, 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 uh, his scoring prowess. Uh, uh, he played the four. You know, he, he was yeah. a guy that just, but he made such a significant impact. So I, I, I tell you, he was one of my favorite players of all time in our league. You mentioned Chris Likes. I mean, he was just, and he was fun to watch. Yeah, I told was him I was, I was really excited. I, <laughs> I was going to maybe go to his, uh, go to his graduation party, uh, and I was going to be the happiest guy there because he was, he was fun. He's graduating. In fact, in, at the end of, at the end of, uh, they were beating us by, I think, you know, uh, double digits. It was at the end of the game, the WCSC championship I know exactly game. when we were talking about. Yeah, and it was free throws being shot. And I called Chris over and I say, "Hey, Chris, man," I said, "I'll tell you what, there's a." Uh, there's 10 coaches really happy <laughs> that this is it. And, and I go, you know, that, uh, and he's like, he's like, what's that? It's like nine coaches in the WCAC and coach Laranaga. <laughs> that, you know, that's, 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 who's really happy that you're leaving, uh, that you're, yeah, that you're done. Um, so yeah, Chris would be a kid, uh, that, that I'd point to, um, you think, uh, Mello, Mello Trimble over, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I just, uh, it was, it, we, we had some great battles, uh, mm-hmm. in his time here. And of course that's a, such a great rivalry, yeah, but like, I just loved how he carried himself. Uh-huh. Um, and it's always fun to see kids kind of, you know, grow into, into positions and, and step up their games, um, as, as, uh, as seniors, you know, mm-hmm. I've always had a huge, I was always a huge fan of Chris Jenkins, mm-hmm. uh, what he brought to the table on a, on a daily basis. And, um, so yeah, there's been, there's been some, there's some great ones, obviously, uh, no question, but uh, those are a couple guys that come to mind. Right yeah, away. I mean, that just gives you guys an idea of how good the league is. We're talking about Victor Aldipo, NBA All-Star, Chris Jenkins, national champion, game-winning shot, and Chris Likes, who's probably going to have a breakout year for Miami this year. So thank you so much, Coach. I can't thank you enough for this. I hope you had fun because I definitely did. No, absolutely really enjoyed it, and I appreciate you having me on, and, and the best of luck going forward. Thank you. All right, thank you for tuning in, and stay tuned for the next episode.